He is risen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Good morning, church. It's Easter Sunday. I want to start off the text this morning by asking you a question. How many of you like it when somebody just opposes you just to be opposition? They know they're wrong. You know they're wrong. They just keep going. They just keep digging the hole for themselves. They just keep doing it. All right, show of hands, right? Okay, we all love it when that goes on, don't we? I mean, like, just put away the shovel. That's my thought. But anyway, that's the story, the fulcrum of the text today. The leaders mock and oppose Jesus. And anybody that disagrees with them, it just goes the same way for them. But let's read the text. This is Easter morning. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. This is from John seven thirty-seven to 52. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Yes, when they do this, you, you know any good Jew, first off, that this is the promise of God for them in the wilderness. Any good Jew knows Isaiah 43, 19, right? God saying, I will do something new. I will build a road in the wilderness and I'll give you streams of water there. Or Isaiah 35, 1 through 10. As soon as they hear this, this is what comes to mind. This is what they do. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad and the desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and recompense of God is coming. He will come and save you. After he saves you, verse 5, the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped and they shall then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy for water break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. There's our thing of living water. The burning sand the burning sands shall become a pool of, in the thirsty ground, springs of water, the haunt of jackals where they lie down. The grass shall become reeds and rushes, and the highway will be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. Do you hear that? So you can be holy and a fool at the same time, but God's capable of keeping you there. Now, if you're not holy, you can't be anything but a fool and you will go astray. But this is on the Lord's highway. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast shall come upon it. They shall be found there, but the redeemed shall walk and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion singing with everlasting joy shall be upon their heads and they shall obtain the gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Any 
good Jew knew these stories. But they were old stories, right? They were old stories of the people made holy by cleansing the ransom of the Lord. Now, how does that happen? But number two, let's go back to our text. We're reading Isaiah or uh, John 7. When the crowds heard this, they said, some of them, surely this man is the prophet we're expecting. Others said, he's the Messiah. Still others said, but it can't be. Will the Messiah come from Galilee? For the scriptures clearly state that the Messiah will be born of the royal line of David in Bethlehem, the village where King David was born. So the crowd was divided about him, and some even wanted him arrested, but nobody laid a hand on him. When the temple guards returned without having arrested Jesus, the leading priests and the Pharisees demanded, Why didn't you bring him in? We've never heard anyone speak like this, the guards responded. Oh, have you been led, led astray too, the Pharisees mocked. Is there a single one of the rulers or the Pharisees who believes in him? The foolish crowd follows him, but they're ignorant of the law. God's curse is upon all of them, right? As though being a leader got you out of the curse. Yeah, leader of the leader. Then Nicodemus, the leader who had met with Jesus earlier, spoke up. Is it legal to convict a man before he is given a hearing, they asked. They replied, are you from Galilee too? Do you hear that? They're just bent on being right, even though they're wrong. Here, they said, "See, search the scriptures and see for yourself. No prophet ever comes from Galilee. That's what the New Living said. No prophet ever comes from Galilee. Now, two, there's, there's a point here. To fit, just remember, the story isn't about Bible facts. It really isn't. The people, it's about an attitude of wrong-headedness, about not seeing the work that God is doing, the wrong-headedness. And, and you can't turn somebody that's wrong-headed. Only God can do that. But if you go around correcting their Bible mistakes as though you're the Bible answer, answer person, you end up just as wrong-headed as they are. So, but but the point here is, is that they're wrong-headed, and in their own words, they do this, that no prophet ever comes from Galilee, right? No prophet ever comes from Galilee. That's not true. I mean, it's not. But the glaring one is Jonah. Remember back in Mark, in Mark 8, 12, Jesus says, I'm not going to give them any sign but the Jonah sign. Yeah, what was the Jonah sign? Three days in the belly of the beast. Three days in the belly of the beast. It's the very first book of the Minor Prophets. It's set there to focus you in on which ones come and how, they, how to read them and all this, that they're all pointing to this, that that even three days in the belly of the beast will not stop God's redemption process. It's how it happens, right? When Jonah comes out, everybody in even the far-off land of Nineveh comes to him. But here's the other thing in the mouths of the leader. No prophet ever arises is the language used here. Egero, Egero, Egero. It's the exact word for resurrection. No prophet ever resurrects from Galilee. Don't you know that? Well, 
it hadn't happened yet, but it's like they're saying this. Can you hear them? Nobody ever resurrects without our permission. Do they get to, do they get to permission giving on the work of God? Nobody gets to be permission giving on the work of God. Now, if it's the work of a church or something like that, that's another thing you work with in a structure. But if God's working, then God's doing this thing. That's what the story is about. If you live in a world of only permission giving by somebody that, that, that just opposes to oppose, they know they're wrong, you know they're wrong, everybody knows they're wrong, they're just wrong, right? They're digging a hole, they just can't get enough of digging holes. Nobody can get them to put the shovel down. That's a wasteland. That's a land without redemption. That's a land without resurrection. That's a land without anything but people asking forgiveness instead of permission, right? It's the whole thing. Do you really want to live in a wasteland like that? Because right here in this verse, if anyone who comes to me is, if you're thirsty for a different way, if you're tired of living in a wasteland like that, if you're tired of living in a thirsty land, you want to come, you don't want just a drink out of a well, you want the living water. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will then flow out of their hearts. How does that happen? How does that happen? Well, first, you need a Lord that will ransom you out of the wasteland. Now, how do they do that? Three days in the belly of the beast. That's the issue. Jesus is going to spend three days in the belly of the beast. If you want the living water, if you want the spirit that will be given, you need to believe in him and accept that three days that he died and then arises, that he resurrects again, that that ransom that he paid for us takes us out and sets us on this holy highway, a path in the desert where the living water is, where we can do, where you don't live by somebody else's leave, you live by the grace of God. Are you tired, church? Are you tired of living in a place where you have to ask your permission to go left or right? Are you tired of living in a wasteland where you just waste away? I tell you, God is doing something new. He's cleansing a people for himself. God is always forming a people for himself. He's cleansing a people for himself, and he's doing that because he's resurrecting them out of a wasteland, just as he resurrected out of the wasteland of death. And he's giving living water on that. Do you want 
living water? Do you want to be on that path? Do you want the living water to come and be part of your life? Do you want the Spirit's work and the redemption of the Lord and the freedom of not living in a wasteland, a place where nothing is ever available, but the Lord gives and takes, right? He's for you. He just gives grace upon grace. He leads captives up a hill and gives gifts to the people. That's the verse that Paul quotes in his work, that Jesus leads captives up a hill and gives gifts to the people. If you're tired of living in that wasteland, take the living water. Don't live according to the wasteland anymore. You don't have to live according to the wasteland anymore. It's just exactly the biblical story is, is the whole thing. Genesis 3 is the fall. Do you know that? That's where somebody makes a mistake. But never again is that Genesis 3 an excuse for bad living. Right? It happens right at the beginning. Your sin happens right at the beginning. Jesus gives you a chance to resurrect. Can anything good come from there, from Nazareth? Yes. Maybe you come from a place where you wonder if anything good can come from there. It's a wasteland. The place in your head that you look down upon is a wasteland. Don't live there anymore. You don't have to live in or according to the wasteland anymore. This is Easter morning. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, this morning I pray for our church. I know that there are many that feel like we're in wasteland upon wasteland upon wasteland, Lord. I ask you to set them free with streams of living water flowing out of them. Thank you, Lord, for your work. Thank you, Lord, for the resurrection. Thank you for the redemption, the ransoming us, and set our feet upon the path where the living water can flow out of us. We're thirsty, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, if you will, we're working on some ways to get some announcements out to you that that um, if you if you're if you know somebody that can't get the podcast because they're not computers, we're looking for a way to get uh, a, a transcript of the sermon for them. I just want you to know that we're working on that. Please accept this benediction and then you can go enjoy the really great song that Linda picked out for you. As you go, church, as you go today, may you know this Lord and may you no longer live according to the rules of the wasteland. Go in peace. Amen. <laughs>